You're listening to On The Line, the interview podcast from entertainment.ie. Hey guys, Deirdre Malumbi here, staff writer at entertainment.ie and welcome to this On The Line episode in which I speak with Greg Sestero. Greg Sestero would be best known for playing Mark in the cult classic slash best worst movie ever, The Room, which turns 15 years old this year. Um, So we spoke about The Room and we also talked about Best Friends as he was over in Dublin at the Lighthouse Cinema to promote the new movie. And it sees him reunited with Tommy Wiseau, who is also star of The Room. We talk about those movies and then we also talked about last year's hit movie, The Disaster Artist. So that's it. And I hope you enjoy my interview with him. I'm here in the Lighthouse Cinema with Greg Sestero. We're going to be talking about um, the film that you made a career out of, The Room, and your new film, Best Friends. Thanks so much for meeting me today, Greg. Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm so happy to be back in Dublin. It's uh, it's one of my favorite cities in the world, Ireland. I'm 25% Irish. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm really happy to be back. Yeah, because I understand. Um, was Dublin the first place you were saying before, um, outside of the US, that you actually brought The Room to? Yeah, it was, it was sort of the peak moment for me in regards to The Room experience because... Getting to come to Ireland um, was something I'd always wanted to do. And I know if it weren't for the room, maybe I would have never gotten the chance. And so I came to Ireland, immediately fell in love, went to Wicklow. I drove the country, went to Kinsale, Cork, Galway, Cliffs of Moher. It was like this romantic trip with traveling. That's sort of like what you envision. And so um, Ireland's just always been this place that I have felt like a second home. Um, so it's just uh, it's it's incredible to be back. What kind of locations did you bring the room to before? Because I understand you went to the Sugar Club, I think, was it before? It did a few things. It went. It was at Spy, Sugar Club. Um, and it was just like the Irish crowd, the humor, they really get it. And, they, <laughs> and so the screening is really fun. And the, the Irish accent, I've been trying to do an Irish accent for almost 20 years. Um, and I'm still terrible at it. But I just can listen to the Irish accent all day. So them riffing with the room is just sort of like, it makes the room watchable for me. Because I was going to ask you, how do Irish fans compare to other fans around the world? But from what you described, we're basically the best. Yeah, I just think, <laughs> I don't know, the, the way the Irish put things are so witty. Like I remember being on a bus one time, I went up to Donegal. So I've pretty much been everywhere in, in Ireland. Mm-hmm. I made sure to see every every square inch. But I was up in Donegal and I was on this bus tour and the, the bus driver was this really charming older man. And he's like, you know, about the fair. He's like, well, you know, just on the next stop, just stop by and I'll take it off. Yeah. And I just like, just, it's just, I don't know. They just put things in such a charming way. So put the, put the room in front of them and, uh, they make it come alive. That's just it. That's just it. And it is, um, you're here to mark both your new film with Tommy Wiseau, uh, Best Friends, but also the 15th anniversary of The Room. It's amazing to think it's 15 years old. It is, yeah. I mean, I came here for the first time eight years ago to the day. It was the first time we did a, a screening here, mm-hmm. um, which is about the halfway point. So the fact that it's continued to do everything it's done in the past eight years and, uh, you know, it, people are still intrigued by it, still talking about it. Um, I think it's a huge accomplishment. And, um, it's uh yeah just amazing and it's exciting also to be to talk about something new as well like all these years later do you have a kind of standout memory when you think back to that time when you were working on the set of the room do you have one kind of particular moment that you know always stands out for you? i think it was just the the daily unpredictability that was coming with with the shoot because you had these people who you know were working on this movie tommy had a clear vision and they didn't understand it and so it was just this chaos that would happen mm-hmm. 
there's a lot of comedy there. Um, you know, a lot of stressful moments, but I think the moment that stands out to me is when Tommy decided he was going to hump the red dress <laughs> in front of all these people that didn't know it was coming. And I admired it in a way because it was like in his script and he, it was a moment he really wanted to do and he didn't <laughs> shy away from the fact that, uh, people were going to judge him. He just mm-hmm. did it. And so the, the, the callback to that was, was remarkable. And so I just, it taught me a lot about like, again, he saw something that people didn't see and he followed through with it. And so that was a, a moment that I never forgot. I wanted to ask you a bit about Tommy actually, cause I mean, I've seen him in interviews, I've seen him in films and I never know where the performance kind of ends. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's he actually like in reality? Like you'd be close friends with him. Yeah. I mean, there's a performance Tommy that I think is, uh, one we see in the room and then I think there's one that's evolved into more of a, a an aware um, performance where he, you know, he kind of knows what the audience wants. And then I think there's also a person who is a, a very savvy businessman mm-hmm. who has done his thing years before the room ever came about or acting came about. So um, it's just the mystery and, and he's just eccentric and you don't really, you can't, you can't really quite figure out exactly what's going on at what point. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's interesting about about Tommy. Yeah. Um, it's maybe it's just one big performance. Yeah, it's interesting because you see it even with the likes of say like Ryan Reynolds. Now you kind of wonder where does the performance and the character end, and where yeah, like when is he actually being person? serious, yeah. or what what is you know is is everything a joke? And but I think I think Tommy is 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 very sincere, um, and and he's kept that quality, and I think that um, and I think that's what a lot of people respond to. Mm-hmm. I love seeing um, you and Tommy last year doing all the kind of promo stuff for um, the disaster artist. And I especially loved when you guys did stuff together with um, James and Dave Franco, because they play your kind of alter egos. Um, What was it like um, working with them, actually? Oh, James and Dave were were great. I mean, they just uh, I mean, they really got it. You know, it's funny because James read the book, The Disaster Mm -hmm. Artist, first. He'd never seen The Room. And he knew he wanted to make the movie. And so he went to Dave because he really wanted Dave to do it. But he knew that Dave hadn't seen the room. So mm-hmm. he's like telling Dave to watch this movie. And Dave was like in a hotel room watching it thinking, I think my brother's crazy. <laughs> so the dynamic was was, uh, was quite right with them. And, um, you know, they love, they love making films together. And I think we all had that in common. And mm-hmm. the whole thing was a great experience. What was it like um, touring around with the disaster artist? Because I'd imagine it was quite different to what you and Tommy have done in the past with kind of when you go to screenings of the room. Yeah, I mean, for me, I've, again, like I came here eight years ago and we were at this like small club called mm-hmm. Spy and like this upstairs room. And I've kind of seen it all like in all different kinds of, kind of venues. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I really started to appreciate it when we got to go to these, you know, these big film festivals where they treat film properly you know again being like here in the lighthouse like this is what you work for you know this is like a lover of cinema but it's so beautifully decorated it was with, you know very creative people um so it was a, it was a great reward i think when the getting to tour with the disaster is because you know a24 um is a studio that does it right i mean all their mm-hmm. films are, are fascinating and they're at the top of their game so it was uh yeah it was great to to be in the right you know the right spots and my last question with regards to the disaster artist was, how, how do you think Dave Franco did? And was that kind of surreal, seeing I, yourself on the big screen? You know what, I thought, else? yeah, I thought Dave did a great job. He was very uh, enjoyable to work with. We had a lot of conversations mm-hmm. about acting and kind of how does it work when you're first trying to go out there and be an actor and your first few parts. Um, 
so he's you know he's very sweet honest guy and i thought he brought that to the character um and it was again i always pictured the story when i was working on the book i always pictured the story as a movie (laughs) and so you know when it happened it was still totally surreal but i was a little bit more prepared for it and uh the two people that i had pictured originally when i was working on the book was javier bardem as tommy and ryan gosling as greg oh interesting which would have been a Mm. maybe a very strange movie but uh (laughs) But yeah, no, so I thought um, seeing it, I think it was more rewarding than anything else. Mm-hmm. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, so moving on now, talking about best friends. Um, so interestingly, in this one, you both star in, and then you also wrote the screenplay for it. Can you tell us a bit about the inspiration behind yeah, it? Yeah, um, I, again, another Irish connection. Uh, when I was here years ago, um, I was hanging with Anthony and Fiona. We were talking about new new stuff coming out that was interesting. And he's like, you got to check out Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad? Oh. This is back in, like, back in the day. And I was yeah. like, uh, I don't know. I saw the poster. I was like, not really my thing. And then a few years later, I binge watched it. And I was like, that is, this just blew my mind. It was like the greatest thing I'd ever seen. I was like, I got to make something now. I got to mm-hmm. make something new. And what do I do? And I tried to write these TV shows, these Brian Cranston characters. And then I thought, what if I wrote, what if I took this passion of wanting to tell the story and put Tommy and I into this scenario what would happen? I thought it could mm-hmm. be an interesting thing. Like, you know, the room has done its thing. I thought what a great challenge for us to make a new film all these years later, kind of with me pushing it and trying to make something that's good. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I wrote this script in like four days. Mm-hmm. I had an edible, I was tripping out and I had this idea that it was like 2003, Tommy and I took a road trip of mm-hmm. the California coast and he thought I was trying to like set something up against him and a little bit like Jesse and Walt from, from mm-hmm. Breaking Bad. And yeah, so I kinda, don't know where the loyalties lie. Yeah, yeah, I kind of just yeah. ran with that. And in four days, I had this script. And and I pitched it to him. And he was like, you know, he seemed excited. And it just kind of came together. Mm-hmm. And before you know, we were making, we we're just making the movie. Brilliant. Because it does say like based on a true story. But you're saying the true aspect is the road journey. As yeah. And then there's also the another. Morgan stuff. <laughs> yeah, there's another. true. Have you, have you seen the film? I have, yes. Oh, oh God. <laughs> you survived it. You're here. That's good. No, um, it's brilliant. It's like weird and fascinating and really cool. I loved it. <laughs> yeah. And so the, the story about the teeth is a true story because okay. my brother's a dentist. Yeah. So those are all real teeth that you see in the film. Mm-hmm. But there's that's actually an actual business that's like not many people know about. Okay. So the he was telling me about teeth, it yeah. and he was like, you know, these bags of gold teeth were being shipped from Greece. And he's like, look at all this money coming in. And so I thought that'd be an interesting dynamic. So it all just kind of tied together off these bizarre true stories that that were personal to me yeah that's amazing i mean it's interesting that you say that like breaking bad was kind of an inspiration because as i was watching it in my own head i was kind of thinking is this like kind of a development from the disaster artist which you kind of wrote the book of because i see them both in common kind of looking at friendships which start off quite pure and then there's kind of a competitive aspect in it that turns it kind of dark mm-hmm. like would that be a fair interpretation of it or was absolutely it, or were you kind of intending to have something else i think that's just the dynamic of that of this friendship and yeah. i think that's why i think that we tommy and i are the chemistry when we're working together it's very much feels natural mm-hmm. because yeah it's coming from a, a place of truth yeah that's what i love about seeing you two on the screen it's so funny because even in best friends even in that initial scene where you're two characters initially meet you can see the chemistry like that it's it's amazing to watch actually no it's um i and i really enjoyed working with him this time around i thought he was uh very focused he was um worked really hard i thought Mm -hmm. this time around was a totally different experience like i felt like he 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 really tried as an actor brilliant brilliant 
Um, there was one scene in this I kind of just wanted to ask you about because I was kind of wondering if it was secretly a reference to the room and it's the scene where you guys play basketball together and I couldn't help but remember with the whole American football thing was that was that kind of a wink maybe you know what it it, so we were shooting at this real life morgue and um they had a set a replica set next door of the morgue and so um but did bodies would come in Mm -hmm. I mean gave you a lot of perspective about life uh having (laughs) bodies interrupt or shoot so we just started kind of playing hoops while it was going on and we ended Mm -hmm. up filming a little bit and thought hey these guys are working here maybe they just connect that way. So it was there. It wasn't like, hey, I'm going to write a script about to work these things in. It just kind of manifested. And I thought if these, you know, if these winks kind of work their way in and they're smart and they fit in, you know, you can let them slide. Right, right. Um, it's a very different kind of, I suppose you'd say, production setup compared to The Room, which Tommy was so like starred in and then he wrote and directed and produced it as opposed to in this one, he just stars in it and then you star in it and then you wrote it and produced it. So what was that different, like, working dynamic like? It worked a lot better, I think, this way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, uh, you know, I think there's a certain level of trust. I think Tommy knows that, you know, I if I throw myself into something that mm-hmm. I'm going to go all out. So I think he just trusted that I had an idea and I, it was going to it was going to work. I mean, I'm sure there was moments where he's like, I don't know if, <laughs> I don't know if he knows what he's doing or, you know, I think that happens on every film. Um, but I think it was just a little bit more focused. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this one ran uh, more smoothly. And what was it like working together on a set after all these years? I really enjoyed it again, because I really like the character I had in mind for him. I was really focused on what I wanted him to do. We rehearsed a lot. He was hungry to try to work again. So mm-hmm. everybody that was there on set, during that time, we just wanted to make the best movie we we could, and everyone was focused. Everyone had their role, um, so it just we just kind of got through it. We just worked really hard to get these scenes done, was, which is kind of as, as it should be on the room. You have you know as soon as the crew starts to get bigger, people start talking and get less focused. But here, every every moment, we were just focused on on getting it accomplished. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, what was it like working with the director Justin McGregor? Uh, he was great. Uh, I was that's. I mean, that's really what your movie depends on. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you got you to gotta have that relationship with the director. And the, uh, what's great about Justin is that he saw The Room when he was 16. Mm-hmm. So he, you know, he, he loves films, but he was able to, to see The Room and get its appeal. Mm-hmm. But also at the same time as a filmmaker, not want to try to replicate that. Yeah, but understand course. what we're making. And therefore, you know, there's going to be moments in a scene that, you know, they're still telling the story, but there's something that could, there's comedy there mm-hmm. that you have to understand the fine line for the audience. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, I thought, again, we had a great team making this movie. And I think um, it's it was a very tough movie to conceive and to actually execute because mm-hmm. it's, you know, you're following up a movie that's been out for 15 years that people call the worst movie ever. <laughs> and you got to give them something that's surprising and mm-hmm. refreshing. So, um you know, I think everyone was focused on that goal. I was really interested to see as well, um, just I couldn't help notice when I was looking up the credits that Justin McGregor not only directed it, but he was also the cinematographer and the editor. Mm-hmm. And did that, did you find that that kind of maybe affected his style of directing? Maybe was it more like visually focused? That's what I was kind of thinking. Um, I think um, he had done like quite a few short films. Mm-hmm. Um, he had shot a lot of his own stuff, but... Uh, 
Yeah, it's a huge job. I mean, editing is a major, major mm-hmm. job. So having to do all of that. Um, but, you know, at the same time, if someone has the right vision mm-hmm. and, you know, we worked a lot together with the cut of the movie and talking about what's important, what's not, um, you know, I think it can be it can be tough if someone doesn't have the right vision. Mm-hmm. But I think with with Justin, I think he understood kind of the fine line between, you know, what this film is and then also still trying to kind of break new ground and try to do different things. I think young filmmakers, it's important sometimes to have that creative freedom because mm-hmm. I think sometimes there's new ways of seeing things. And if you kind of stick to just the this, this strict way, the movie has to be this way, this long, you know, I think you, you can, you get a little conservative. So, um, so I think you tried some cool things mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I think the, the great thing about making films is you grow and you learn and hopefully your, your work just continues to get better. Mm-hmm. Um, so the ending of this film is really interesting because you think it's going one way and then it leaves you kind of on a total cliffhanger, <laughs> a total enigma, but um, it is t- a two volume movie. So how does that work in terms of like going on the festival circuit or distribution? How is that like it, it was one was that one out last year and this one's coming out yeah, this, this year? This how one, does it work? This one yeah. pretty much just came out like this month. We did mm-hmm. some test screenings and stuff, but officially volume one just came out in like the end of March. Okay. Um, and then we're working right now for the home release for part one, which will come out around the time that part two is released. Okay. Um, and we're hoping part two is released in like September. Brilliant. So, um, so I think the timing will be interesting, but I think mm-hmm. it's important for people to have a chance to really get into part one and see part one talk about it discuss what could be coming mm-hmm. and then kind of make part two its, its own event mm-hmm. and how come you made that decision to have them release kind of within the one year as opposed to maybe waiting like a full year like you'd get with say other volumes or trilogies and stuff like well that. i think this one was already made yeah and i think that to me it's like you want to kind of keep as a, as a movie lover like mm-hmm. you know i don't want to wait two years to to dive back in mm-hmm. i feel like you know yeah um i think that it's fun to have people have that chance to kind of dive right back into the story um so i think you know like giving giving it's like six months to digest mm-hmm. what they're seeing and then um get ready for for the next part mm-hmm. is, is that something you would prefer or would you prefer uh you know more like a year or two in between um i'm just so used to seeing a year yeah. but in between but i'd be interested to see and like you said it does kind of keep up the momentum yeah. and everything yeah um so i just have a couple of more questions yeah so um what's it next in the pipeline for you are you basically just traveling around promoting this any new movies in the works so or? we're so finishing part two which you know will be september and then the next thing i want to make is a, a horror film mm-hmm. so i, I want to like to kind of take a break and then really go in a different direction try something drastically different um, this is one we always like to ask just for fun, Greg. Um, what are your personal three favorite movies, say any that have inspired you over the years? Um, I'd say Back to the Future. Good choice. <laughs> Sun- Sunset Boulevard. And um, I mean, yeah, Breaking Bad's a TV show, but it <laughs> doesn't really work. Um, I'm trying to think. Jurassic Park. That's a good choice as well. Brilliant. Um, and finally, what do you hope audiences will take away from Best Friends? I hope that they um, come in expecting something else, and they're pleasantly surprised, and and are and you know or enjoy the the experience. I think you know the the fans of the room and these fans have supported us for so many years, and I just hope that they walk, they see this film, and they're entertained in a different way, and they um, they walk out with a what the hell <laughs> did I experience, and give me more feeling. That's brilliant. Thank you so much yeah, for that. Greg. Thank, you. thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Okay.